Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. Isaiah chapter 41, I want to begin in verse 10. Um, Isaiah, at this point in, in Isaiah, really first half, I should say the first half of Isaiah, there's a lot of um, proclamations of judgment. Uh, Israel's not been doing right, they've not been living right, they've been, been um, uh, working against God, disobeying Him. And there's a turning point just a few chapters before this where... God has made it plain, I'm going to bring judgment. There is a bad time coming. Bad things are going to happen. But there's this turning point about chapter 40 where God says, listen, you, I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to take care of you. So at this point in the, in the passage in chapter 41, God is speaking peace to his people. And I want to give you this encouragement as we look at this passage that whether it's God has caused some of these things, whether it's just the, the out, uh, outfall of the, of the fallen condition, whether it's something y'all did, I, whatever, whatever the reasons are for all this. We can, we can go to all kinds of reasons for this. I want to give you this encouragement this morning that God is going to comfort you through this circumstance. You even, you're in Isaiah chapter 41. We'll begin reading in verse 10, and I'm going to read down to verse 16. So 10 through 16 in Isaiah 41, and I'm going to ask you all to stand with me as we read the Lord's words. I am so glad that I have some folks in here to gather to hear this. I pray that the Lord will use me to be his messenger, but I pray also that he'll use you to hear and obey his word. Here's what his scripture says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, they shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob, ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt, carry, thou shalt fan them and the wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And thou shalt rejoice in the Lord and shalt glory in the Holy One of Israel. Let's pray together. Father, I, I'm asking that you will use me to be your messenger of hope, your messenger of peace. I pray, God, that I will say and explain your word to your people. Lord, I ask on the other hand that you will use these people to be willing and open and ready recipients of your word so that we will be comforted by your truth 
and that we will not seek the things of this world, we will not depend on our own flesh, but Lord, we will seek your face. We're asking this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. It's been a couple years ago now, but I remember I was crossing a street in Durham, North Carolina, and I was going from where we were getting some copies made over to this chicken restaurant I used to like to go to over there, and I had Jude with me. And it's right there, if you know Durham, it's right there on 9th Street, so it's not a, it's, it's pretty pedestrian friendly, but we're walking across the street there, and instinctively, as I think a lot of parents do, especially he was a little bit, he's, he's a pretty good-sized fellow now, but he was pretty small then when we were doing this. My instinct was to put my hand down and grab his hand, hold his hand as we were walking across that street. And I did that not because it was necessarily a busy intersection, not because it was necessary. I didn't even, know, I don't even think I remember seeing any cars coming, but I just remember that moment thinking, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm the father. I'm supposed to be safe and strong and, and trustworthy. I'm bigger than he is. I'm supposed to be protecting my son. I, I, I knew that I, I wanted to be, I wanted him to be safe and to, to be able to enjoy going and eating that chicken that we were about to eat. I wanted him to be able to do that. And of course, I loved, I love him. He's my son. I love him. I want him. I want to make sure. I mean, goodness gracious, I would die if anything happened to him, especially on my watch. Furthermore, his mother would kill me if anything happened to him on my watch. I can tell you that right now. But when I reached down to hold his hand, I, I don't want to act like I was sitting there thinking all of these thoughts, because I really wasn't thinking all of that at the moment, but there's a lot of power that was brought up to my mind as I came back to it later, thinking about just that simple act. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of power in that simple act of just sticking my hand down there and holding my son's hand. And I believe that's exactly that kind of power, that kind of emotion is exactly what the Lord is communicating to us here. As I said, there's a lot of harsh realities that were setting in on Israel at this moment in time. Their judgment was about to come, and a lot of it was even from God's hand. I, the Bible clearly says that, that God was going to be doing this to, to Israel. But even though it was a sure prophecy from God that this judgment was going to come, he is also offering to them in this moment comfort and peace. So there may be some of y'all that are listening to me this morning that are worried about tomorrow. Maybe you, that you sang that song, I don't worry about tomorrow, and that was a bold-faced lie because <laughs> you really are worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe you're just not sure how things are going to turn out. Maybe there are, as one person mentioned to me this morning, that they've got some decisions that they've got to make, and they don't know, the, there's no good answer. It's kind of a rock and a hard place kind of a situation. Maybe that's where you are this morning. You don't know exactly which way to turn. But as that song we just sang says, there are many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I do know who holds tomorrow, and I do know who holds my hand. And I want you to see that in this passage this morning. While we do have a lot to fear, I, I, I'm not one of these guys that say, you don't have anything to fear. No, I, I, I know because I, I'm afraid of some of the things. We have a lot to fear. But we also have a God that says we don't have to be afraid of those things. While we may fear in our heart, and that is a human, natural reaction, our God has said, first of all, look in verse 10, Fear thou not. But he doesn't just say quit being afraid. He gives a reason for this. He says, look at what he says in verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. Who is talking here? 
We know it's God. We understand that. But I want you to know it's not just any old God because there's all kinds of cultures and civilizations that worship all kinds of deities and all kinds of gods. We don't just worship any old God. Uh, can you go back to verse 4? There's actually another reference of this in the passage that we, are, that, we are, that we read later on, but I want you to see the first reference of this in verse 4. He gives us an indication of who he is. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. Who, who's talking here? He says, I, the Lord. Now, we preach out of a King James Version here. You, many of you probably have a King James Version in your lap. And in most King James Versions, when you see that word there, it is probably all capital letters. Do you see that? And that is one of the things that the one of the little tools that the translators gave us to be able to indicate that this is not just the word Lord. This is actually a name. This is actually a very specific word, that capital L-O-R-D. That suggests that this is the word Jehovah or Yahweh is the way it was. That's the word Jehovah or Yahweh. That's a very specific word, just like I am a man, but my name is Matthew. Do you understand? That's my name is Matthew. I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not just any old man, I'm Matthew, that's me. This is not just any old God, this is Yahweh. This is who we're talking about. So when he says there, don't be afraid because I, Yahweh, is your God. And you say, well, Matthew, you just gave me a Hebrew lesson. What does that mean? Well, let me explain something to you. When he says that he is Yahweh or Jehovah, he is saying he is, and that's what this name means, he is the self-existing one. He is the one who answers to no one he comes from nothing and he doesn't no one has to no one gave him a beginning and no one came it even suggests that in verse 4 i am the lord the first and with the last i am he he says i'm the one who started this whole thing i'm the one who's going to end this whole thing i'm not looking to anybody else for hope and for help i am this self-existing one i answer to no one it's an important word that you need to get a hold of, and I'm not saying you're going to ever completely understand all of what it entails, but it's an important concept. Our God is sovereign. That means he is over everything. There is nothing that takes him by surprise. There is nothing that takes him, uh, takes him out, of his, out of his element. You'll never hear God say, oops, or what do we do now? You'll never hear God say, well, let's go to plan B. You never hear that from God because God is the self-existing one. He's the one who sets it all in motion. And because this God, Jehovah, Yahweh, he is with us, as he says there in verse 10, I am with thee. Because of that, be not dismayed. This idea of dismayed is what you ever, you ever do this whenever something goes wrong and you don't know what to do. You start looking around everywhere for all the options. What do I do next? What about this? What about this? I, maybe y'all don't do that, but I do that. <laughs> I go hitting on every door, knocking every door, going to every place I can possibly go to, trying to find the answer. And he says, don't be looking around in frantic worry. It actually brings to my mind, we have a little dog in our house. Her name is Polly, and she is a Boston Terrier. And she is extremely overweight. And there's a reason for her being extremely overweight. Because, uh, well, partly because we feed her a lot, that helps too. But uh, it adds to that, we're sitting at the table, eating dinner, just eating whatever we do. And nobody's, nobody's feeding her, nobody's doing anything. But that dog is up under everybody's feet, just sniffing around, looking for a crumb. Just as, I mean, panicked about it, just dying for whatever's, and you're like, 
the dog has been fed. It doesn't need anything, but it is panicked about the food. And I think in the same way, we get this way about our troubles when they overwhelm us and we don't know what to do. We're panicked. We're looking everywhere. Give me an answer. Look for an answer. Look for an answer. Look for an answer. And he says, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because your God is Jehovah. He's going to, as he says there, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with my, strife, my, 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 righteous, my hand of my righteousness. He's going to win no matter what. This God, Jehovah God, he says in verse 11, he says there that all these people that are against you, those people, they're going to be destroyed. Because, because remember, he's the one who doesn't answer to anybody. He's the one that's most powerful. He's the one that does what he wants to do. He's in control of everything. And he says, listen, all those problems that you got, they're going to be handled. They're taken care of. I've got them under control. There's no problem he can't handle. There's no worry he can't calm. Viruses, presidents, Congress, governors, China, your job, your expenses, your health, all your family relationships, I could go on. All of these things may seem like they are too big to, to be fixed. But we serve none of those things. We serve the one who's going to win in the end. He's going to win. He will win no matter what. There's no question. He wins. So we don't need to fear because Jehovah is our God. But he goes on in verse 13. He says, for I, the Lord thy God, and he uses his name again there, that I am Jehovah. I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand. We were talking before the service how in this moment, the instinct, well, not this moment, really normally, your instinct, especially in a church setting, you stick your hand out and shake people's hands or in a business deal or anything. You just, it's just normal. I mean, that's what, that's what well-educated, well-mannered people do. They just shake hands. That's what they do. So it's hard in this moment not to do that because people, some people don't want that. Some people are concerned about it and and, you know, trying to, be, trying to be, especially in a church setting today, we're trying to be socially distant, try to kind of be above board, so we're trying not to do that. But there's something about whenever you're able to grab, there's an intimacy, and I mean that in a, in a, in a most positive way. There's a closeness, there's a, a trust that comes whenever you can grab a hold of somebody's hand. I know that whenever I'm with my wife, and maybe we're going on a walk or sitting and watching something, and I can grab her hand. I'm doing that. It's not, be, it's not because I need to protect her necessarily. It just means that I'm there because I'm close to her. And we, 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 we have a bond. There's a, there's a fellowship, if I can use that word, that's there. So we have a God who is absolutely all-powerful. He is so powerful. He is Jehovah. That he doesn't answer to anybody. He has no beginning, and he will have no end, and he can do anything he wants to do. But that Jehovah is also as Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23 says, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is with us. He cares for us every day. And so you know what that sovereign, self-existing one does? He holds your hand. He, <laughs> you ain't going to get coronavirus from him. Don't worry about it. He's got it. You ain't going to worry about it. He's going to hold your hand. He loves you. He's going to hold your hand. 
Now, I know you may say, well, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I don't need nobody to hold my hand. I'm good. Well, that's part of your problem. The Bible tells me that you're going to need to humble yourself a little bit. That's part of your problem. But, but, but do also understand that what is suggested here when he says he holds you is he's giving you, just like you do with a little child. Remember when I held my son's hand? I'm holding that. I'm guiding him across the street. I'm saying we've got to go from here to there. I need the Lord's hand to guide me to go where I need to go. I, I, if I'm left to my own device, I'm going to wander the world. And I'm going to go all kinds of places. I'm going to get in all kinds of mess. But if my father holds my right hand, he'll guide me where I need to go. And just like with my son, when I'm holding his hand walking across the street, I want to do that. So if there was a car to come by, I can jerk him back real quick. Hey, watch out. Be protected. I'm trying to protect him from the problems. Furthermore, if there was somebody to come up on my son when I'm holding him, especially if somebody that was, uh, I guess if they were so big, I couldn't do so much. But nonetheless, if it was somebody maybe that wanted to be mean to my son, I could protect my son from that. We have the all-powerful God. He's going to hold our hand because he loves us, but he's standing there to protect us from the dangers of this world. Any bullies that want to come after us, they better watch out. They're going to have to contend with our God. And he's doing that all out of love, watching and caring for us. He says in Hebrews 13 that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. In Matthew 28, he says that he is with us even to the end of the earth, the end of the world. When it's all over, he, even then he's not going to leave us. He will be there. And that ought to inspire us, give us some confidence to just keep on. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on trusting and obeying him. Keep on because he's called you to do whatever he's called you to do. I, I know from a fact for myself, I'll just give you my own example. He has called me to be the pastor of this church. And my job is to trust him that he knows what he's doing. And I'm going to do the best I can, not perfect by any means, but I'm going to do the best I can to try to continue to pastor this church in this unusual time. He's called you to be a husband or a wife or a mother or a father. He's called you to, 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 to be a friend. He's called you to, to be a witness. He's called you to be so many different things. And every one of those things he's called you to do, he's not throwing you into the lion's den to leave you alone. Because even the man he threw in the lion's den, you remember Daniel? He was in there with him. He was in there with him. And he shut the lion's mouth because God is there to hold your hand in your circumstances. Your battles very well may be really big. They may be bigger than you are. But God's bigger. And God's right by your side. You can trust him. Maybe you're going through the dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalmist wrote. You're going through that, he's with you in that. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You're right there with me, Lord. You might even be going, and one day we will all go through, if the Lord doesn't come back, we will go through death, literal death. There will be a moment where we will actually go through that. I don't even know what that even means exactly. I just know I have, I've had friends and loved ones that have died, but I know that I will one day go through that. If the Lord doesn't come back soon. But you know what he's going to do? If, you are a Jesus, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's going to hold your hand right through that, that death. Right now, you might be in a little bit of uncertainty and confusion. Maybe it might not even be about the health crisis that's going on. It might be about the economic crisis that we're all about to, about to hit, what we're already hitting, to be honest with you. 
Maybe that's where you are. You don't know what, where your next paycheck's coming from. You don't know how this, your business is going to continue to fare. You don't understand how this is going to go. And if you're uncertain and you're confused in this time, I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that the God who started everything is holding your hand. He's got your hand. He will hold your hand through all of this. Look at verse 14, and I'm, I'm wrapping up here. He says, fear not. Not only in verse 13, I'm going to help you, I'm going to hold your hand, but fear not, verse 14. And he calls him a worm, thou worm, Jacob. Jacob is just another term for Israel. He's talking to the nation there. He calls him a worm. He says, fear not, the worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help thee. I do think that a proper perspective is very helpful, and I don't think that he uses the term worm by accident. He uses it on purpose. I think sometimes we can think a little bit too much of ourselves. And he said to Jacob, he says, you're a worm. You're insignificant. You're powerless. Think about a worm. I mean, goodness gracious, that, there's nothing more powerless than a worm. I mean, yeah, it can eat a little dirt, I guess, but that's about all it can do. <laughs> it can't do a whole lot. But he says, even though you are insignificant and powerless, even though that's who you are, God will still help you. That's what he says there. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob. He says, I, I know you're a worm, but I'm going to help you. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. In fact, I want, to be, want you to make, this, want to make this very clear to you. Not only will God help you even though you are insignificant and powerless, and if that's where you feel right now, I want you to know that God will help you. I, I want to go further to say to those of you that maybe have a little bit of arrogance in your heart, a little bit of pride in your heart, that God is not going to help you unless you find yourself in a position that you are insignificant and powerless. The minute that we think we have arrived and we have solved it all, I can promise you he will not help us. But when we get to the point where, as, as James says, that we humble ourselves, he will give grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves, he will then exalt us, is what First Peter says, First Peter 5. When we're humbling ourselves, he exalts us. That's when he does, and whenever he gets involved with these hopeless causes that we have, then he transforms us in amazing ways. He turns us from, in, in, in verse 14, from a worm to, in verse 15, into something that can move a mountain. Look at what he says there. You're going to give us new sharp teeth, uh, new, new sharp threshing instrument with teeth that it shall thresh the mountains and beat them small. He says, you're going to turn in from a little insignificant worm into something that's going to be able to knock a mountain down because of God's power. He even says, basically in verse 16, that he says, thou shalt fan them and the wind shall carry them, whirlwind shall scatter them. He says, those people that were victims, you're now going to be victor, victors. You're going to be overcoming things. You were losers, but now you're going to be glorious we even know that he's going to take people who were donkeys. He took a donkey in the Old Testament. Do you know that? And made it a prophet. He took a donkey and made it a prophet. He takes the uneducated and makes him a scholar. He takes a terrorist in the Apostle Paul and turns him into an apostle, a preacher, a man of God, a writer of Scripture. That's what God can do. He can transform people. God is uniquely qualified to help you in your situation. You're not too important to be helped by God. In fact, if you are too important, you're not going to be helped by God because you're too important. And there is no such thing as too much of a loser to be helped by God. I want you to know that God deals in lost causes. 
that's what he does. When our politicians and our pastors and our bosses and our intuition, when they fail us, when they let us down, God's going to help you. God's going to help you. When you feel defeated and you feel overwhelmed, like there's no hope and no fix and no solution, at that moment, when you, your fear is overwhelming you, your doubt and your lack of confidence is overwhelming you, it's all about to choke you out. I want you to hear what the apostle, or rather the, the prophet is telling us here in, in this passage. Fear thou not. You don't have just any old God. You don't. You have not an impotent deity. You do not have a trashy dictator. You don't have a pile of junk. You have Jehovah, the self-sufficient, self-existing God. And your God, he's going to win. I'm just promising you that. Not because of anything I see, but what the Bible tells me. God is going to win. Your God's going to win, and your God will hold your hand through the most dark and dreary circumstances, and your God will help you. He will transform you. He will make you into something that is amazing. There are many things about tomorrow that I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Our God is a good God. I'm going to pray, and here's my invitation to you. I'm going to actually invite you all to pray. For the sake of the circumstances, we're just going to ask you, if you don't mind, staying in your pews. But that doesn't mean you can't call out to God. In fact, it means you need to call out to God. And I want to ask you right now, I'm going to invite you to pray, because I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. But the prayer that I'm going to lead you in, I want, to, I want you all to join me in. Would you pray to God for help right now? Whatever you're worried about, go ahead and pray to God about that. I'm not, I don't want to take that away from you. You talk to the Lord about your needs. But would you pray for God to help this church, this community, this country right now? Would you do that? Would you pray for God to heal? They're talking about this as being some kind of a health crisis. Would you pray for God to heal this health crisis? Would you pray for God to take it away from us? Would you pray for God to give us wisdom individually as we deal with this and we react to what the, the, the politicians and all these people are saying? Would you pray for God to give us wisdom in that? I want to ask you right now in response to what I just preached to you that God is a, is a good God and that God is going to hold your hand, that God is going to win, that God is going to help us in this circumstance. Would you, as a congregation of God's people, cry out to God? Would we pray together? I want to ask you to do that. Now you do that any way you see fit. I'd like you to stay kind of in your area, but if you need to stand up, please do that. If you want to raise your hands, do that. If you want to speak out loud, please do it. But talk to God, and let's pray together as God's people. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.